Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Oh, I'm all right. You know what I just noticed? Hmm. Is that you on that opening intro? <laughs> no. That's a, a carnival barker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that his name? Just barking away. Carnival Barker. Carnival Barkerson. <laughs> carnival Barkerson. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds like he's Indian. Um, all right. What do you got? Uh, there's we're gonna we're gonna have the angry crow version today. Yeah, I was like all lit up. I was like, let's uh, record Monday. Yeah. Let's get this. Let's get this. normally let's light we, this fire. Normally record on on like uh, Wednesday or Thursday when we can get it in during the week because we're busy and we got things to do. And uh, and crow calls me up on Monday. And is like, can we can we do it today? <laughs> like, you got plans or something? Mm. Like, no, I just got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Yeah, there's uh, an Alpha News, there's an article, and this is going to be short because everybody kind of knows this. It's just kind of like pointing out the obvious, I guess. But um, there's a Minnesota Voters Alliance did uh, wrote an article, um, commentary, in Minnesota election was not conducted in a lawful manner. So the Minnesota Voters Alliance, a nonpartisan organization focused on election integrity and voter education does not accept the 2020 general election results as reported by the Minnesota Secretary, Secretary of State. Oh, wait, wait, before I get any farther, I'm getting a text from Facebook that says there's no evidence of election fraud. Oh, and Twitter. Yeah, this is the most, well, I'm, I'm not on Twitter, but okay. this is the most secure election in the history of, mm. of uh, elections. So to be clear, the MVA is not saying there was fraud or re- irregularities that change the outcome of a specific race, though the MVA has received scores of reports that point to fraud and irregularities. As evidence warrants it, the MVA will update its post-election reporting on fraud and other voting irregularities. For now, the MVA's early post-election position is that election 2020 was not conducted in a lawful manner per Minnesota statutes. So they're not they're not saying, but they're saying. Isn't that fraud? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny how they how they put that. It's like uh, when when um, Comey came out and said that uh, Hillary Clinton sh- that bitch should be in prison, but he said, but she but she shouldn't be in prison. That's pretty much what he, he said. He didn't say that bitch should be in prison. It wasn't in those those words. Wouldn't it be funny but, if he did though. Yeah. You know that bitch should be in prison, <laughs> but she really shouldn't be in prison. No, it's like where he uh, he made up a term to you know like she instead of instead of um, um, wolf. It was willful negligence, I think, is or yeah, something like that. Some, I wish I, on the top of my head, I don't remember it, but it's you know you can get legally in trouble for for being ignorance doesn't give you any kind of um, shield shield, but but it's a term they use, and he used basically just synonyms for it, and just so it, legally it wasn't the same. I'm like, are you kidding me? So he went through this litany of things she did, and everybody's listening, going, "Oh shit, he's really coming after." Oh my god, she's going to prison. And then he gets down and goes, but we found no reason to blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you son of a bitch. And that's before we knew what a cocksucker he was. So. Well, I don't know what he does in his personal life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, so here's some, I just want to go into some of the stuff they had to say about it, the issues. So they have kind of a list of the integrity issues they're talking about. So they're not talking about like in the integrity issues, the actual fraud that that people were told them about irregularities so before you go down this list i just want to make sure that you understand i'm getting increasingly comfortable uncomfortable here because you seem to be implying that joe biden is not a rightfully elected president <laughs> and that there may have been some shenanigans going along when there is no proof oh. and uh we've been told most secure election in the history of u.s elections right right and there's no hypocrisy on the democrat side at all we can't point to any of that oh absolutely not um and, and we uh, can't we can't even uh quote what they said four years ago straight out of their mouths because that'll get flagged as untrue well it's because it's okay to punch yeah. a nazi but um as long as look the line i'm going to draw in the sand here is you are not allowed to deny 
that uh, Trump is barricading himself in the White House as we speak. Surrounding himself with loyalists. Yeah. He's got like, yeah. uh, you know, a bunch of lines of coke and some meth. And, uh, you know, he's got the desk flipped up and AR-15s. And I'm picturing it now and I'm loving it. Yeah. You know, he's got his yeah. tie ripped off and he's like got it's it like, tied around his head in Rambo style. Bring me those genetically engineered dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. I can't do a Trump, so I sound more like Bernie. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I don't even try to do Trump. I should have wouldn't just be, used my own voice. Wouldn't it be funny if he rips off his face and it is Bernie? <laughs> <laughs> and it must get away with it for a few meddling kids. <laughs> um, there's a lot here. I think I think it comes down to mostly is the the bullshit of mail, the sending out ballots in the mail. But we got uh, election day voting policies are an invitation to fraud. Well, that's we've known that for a long time now. So lack of voter photo photo ID, same day registration, vouching. Like I've told before that I've seen one guy vouch for a busload of bums. Uh, potential voter intimidation, the elderly and the illiterate. And that's really important, the voter intimidation. The whole reason you have the in-person voting and the booths is that, and nobody can be there but you, is that you can't be intimidated or you can't be told, you know, Right up until that point, you might be having your husband tell you, if you don't vote this way, you're going to you're gonna collect a beating. And then you go up and he can't watch you give that vote. And then when you come back, he goes, did you vote the way I told you? And you say, oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's makes sense to do that. But they don't care. You know, the disenfranchisement doesn't, doesn't affect people that way, I guess. Well, okay, if you do that, though, what is he going to beat her for? <laughs> I mean, he's got to beat her for something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. I, I'm i just going to say disavow. Cause, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, someone's going to take that seriously. Well, what should they do, though, really? What should a woman do when she, I mean, let, okay, let's get serious here. What should a woman do, the first thing she should do when she gets home from a battered woman's shelter? The dishes, if she knows what's good for her. <laughs> <laughs> disavow. All right. Moving on. Uh, so lack of provisional balloting. Uh, so in, ineligible voters are allowed to vote, and that vote is counted. So they don't separate provisional ballots. They just lump them in. Well, but, okay, so here's a great example. My, you know, my wife and I live in a neighborhood that has secured mailboxes. So they're locked, and the only way to get into them is with a key. But within, we got in our mail probably two weeks before the election, three weeks before the election, our absentee voter requests that we never asked for. We didn't ask for – it's never happened before. We never got them just sent out to us. Um, so within three or four days of those showing up in our mail, ballots showed up in our mail. Like we didn't, we didn't ask for those ballots. Yeah. So – so there's 46 days of absentee early voting in by Minnesota. The way, by the way, if you can hear that in the background, do you know what that is? That's my phone I didn't silence and I put in a different room. And yes, the ring on it is a chicken. We'll see if we can hear it. Yeah. I won't edit it out, obviously. Uh, boy, it's going on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, which reminds me I didn't silence my phone. Yeah. At least I left mine in the other room. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it's 45 days of absentee early voting. That's ridiculous. 45 days? Yeah, that does seem crazy. So especially given the need for citizen election judges to staff ballot boards uh, per uh, Minnesota statute for that. So for for citizen, you have to have people observe the count. Well, if you have that many days, I mean, it's got to be like almost like a full rotation of people to do that or a full-time job for for um, for a month and a half. <laughs> so, Well, there's... There's just so many irregularities with this thing. It's crazy. And they're all COVID-induced. There's uh, DFL Secretary of, Secretary of State unilaterally changed the election laws for 2020 via consent decree and legal settlements with activists affiliated with the Democratic National Party. The changes include seven-day extension of amnesty ballot count, which was found un unconstitutional by the Eighth Circuit Court, uh, a waiver of postmark requirements for ballots received after 8 p.m. Uh, November 3rd deadline, so they just presume that they're that they're good. A waiver of witness requirements for absentee ballots. Uh, failure to defend state re restrictions on voter assistance. Uh, so they they're the ballot harvesting restriction. They they're allowing ballot harvesting now. Yeah. Um, 
I, you know what? I'm not going to keep going because it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve more bullet points. Ugh. And it's all actually pretty serious stuff. It's not. This isn't just like oh, you're nitpicking. So this is important stuff that we need to get figured out, and we should have had figured out long ago. And we started. We started on the right and the conservative side, saying, "Hey, we need to have voter IDs." And they go, "Well, that's disenfranchising. Um, some people can't afford to get them, and it's very hard to get them." And, I, but, and then we, uh, I think, another state did this. They go, "All right, well, okay, we'll provide IDs. They don't have to pay for them. We'll we'll provide. We'll pay for the IDs." I I'm not sure. But I think if you want a state-issued ID, I don't think you are allowed to be charged for them. In Minnesota? Uh, I Yeah, I think in Minnesota, but I also thought it was nationally. I think they have some sort of administration fee everywhere that, that they can waive or whatever if they want to. Yeah, but I think it's like 10 bucks. Well, that's disenfranchisement. Some people can't afford that. They can afford cigarettes and, you know. Uh, Which they need ID to buy. Skittles and grape juice. Hey. But they can't, you know. Why are you picking on the Irish like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the number one thing, I mean, we've been saying this for a long time, that we need voter ID. And the bullshit, this this disenfranchisement does, shit doesn't fly. We've talked about this before where you go up to people in the street and black people and you go, hey, you know, hard, how hard is it for you to get an ID? It's like, not hard at all. Where's the... I, I, yeah, where Ami Horowitz did a whole yeah. video on that. And, well, liberal, white liberals seem to think that you guys can't figure it out. And they're like, well, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, there, the, and one of the women in his video goes, well, I, that almost, that kind of sounds a little racist to me. No shit. Like she didn't even want to use the word. Yeah. But so if we can't even get that just straightforward, simple thing done, so talk about disenfranchisement, just knowing that anybody can go and vote without legal ID and, and negate your vote. That's disenfranchisement. Well, to get back to that. So. If my wife and I didn't live in a neighborhood with a secured mailbox, someone could have taken those ballots and voted. Yeah. And we would show up and they'd say, no, you voted. Yeah. That's disenfranchisement. Well, and was it Minnesota? I just heard that there was someone that was in charge of um, cognitively disabled adults or whatever that still had the ability to vote and found out that they were intimidated or intimidated to voting a certain way or they were someone just voted for them where did that happen in minnesota i just heard that on the way I've, over here i've heard that in a lot of places yeah. but that's the kind of stuff i think probably goes on anyway yeah not to dismiss it but i i want to be careful not to pile that into the stuff like with just the idea that all these ballots went out you know just to everybody and so there's a guy now uh um i saw a video on this he is a uh collegiate wrestler he's trying for the olympic team is I can't remember his name because I heard it one time, but you can do the story on this. He's He lives in Arizona, but he moved to Tennessee because that's apparently where he goes to college. So he changed his residence to Tennessee so that he could vote in the election. And Arizona contacted him and said, did you vote? And he's like, yeah, in Tennessee. They're like, did you vote in Arizona? He goes, no. Someone voted under his name in Arizona. Hmm. So... Arizona and Nevada had a shit ton, well, especially Nevada, had a shit ton of people who voted who just don't live there. Yeah. And now they're contacting those people, finding out about that stuff. There's 2,600 votes in this audit they're doing, which, by the way, is not a full audit in Georgia. 2,600 votes, most of which are for Trump, that they just found. It's the freaking 17th. I think they found them yesterday. Yeah. And they're, they're finding these two weeks later. I mean, they really should have burned those votes. Yeah, should have gotten through the shredder. I mean, really, if they if they would have if they were doing it right, you so can't leave, you can't leave a paper trail of evidence. So that's a serious thing. I don't want to lump the stuff like you know the people who were in charge of the cognitively challenged people. Yeah, because stuff like that can vote. happen regardless. I think that stuff happens anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, California had ballot harvesting before because they allowed for it. That's how they flipped some of those seats from Republican to Democrat, um, and have now been flipped back in this election because people are on to the ballot harvesting thing. But so I want to get, you know, when you say there's 12 bullet points in there, I'm going to bet six of those things happen all the time. So I kind of want to separate those. But, you know, there's some far more disturbing things. There are these, there's affidavits from 250 people, roughly, who've worked at some of these polls saying, hey, we got kicked out because they said they were going to stop counting. And then they continued to count. Yeah. Now, there's some questions to be asked there yes, if you say, okay, wait a second, 
if you got kicked out, how do you know they continued counting? But those are questions yeah. I want asked. Well, the failure to enforce and meet the party balance requirements for ballot boards, um, they just basically said there's a law saying you have to have balance in these in these ballot boards. And they said, no, we don't need it. Who's going to who's gonna enforce it? The uh, the uh, state attorney or the um, Keith Ellison? Right. So they know. They know they don't have to because there's not going to be any consequences for it. Right. And the lawsuit, one of the lawsuits that Trump has in Pennsylvania apparently hinges on there were some counties in Pennsylvania who were going back to people and allowing them to cure their votes and other counties weren't. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the same thing that took the whole uh, Al Gore argument down in Florida because he wanted to recount some, some counties but not all. So the Supreme Court, that's part of how they threw that out. So, I mean, the challenge is out there. And I i don't want to say this isn't over for Trump. I, I don't think there's going to be enough here to prove that it could have been flipped. Just because I think to do that, you're either going to have to find a massive amount, which is going to take more than the right. and three and a half weeks. Some, of, got some of the fraud out. is already cooked in where you can't find it at this point. If, it's, if you couldn't find it at the time of the fraud, it's already baked in the cake you're not gonna be able to deal with that and so that's that's all that's all something you can't bring bring to the table at this point but the balance in georgia i think is 1400 votes yeah if they recently found these that could swing it yeah um you know and then the the what's the software that the uh lead not legion um What's, what? Dominion. Dominion. Yeah. By the way, could they come up with a? I mean, those were like the More bad evil. guys in yeah. Deep Space Nine. Yeah. You know. Um, so I keep thinking Legion. Yeah. So uh, one of the people who's on the Dominion board is one of the one of the um, uh, transition people for Biden. Yeah. That doesn't strike anybody as dirty. That doesn't strike anybody as conflict of interest. That that just yeah. shouldn't be allowed. I mean. This is crazy. Um, and so that that by itself doesn't mean that there was fraud. But it certainly doesn't look good and it has to be checked into. And what auditors will tell you is they don't audit when they have evidence of fraud. They audit when they see red flags and they look for fraud from there. You know, so when you've got the news media saying, you know, there's no fraud. Well, let's ask the question. You know, let's find out. Let's see. And now there's also, um, there was a story this morning, or maybe it was yesterday, I think it was this morning, that said the Trump campaign has dropped its lawsuit in Pennsylvania. Washington Post ran it. I think Political ran it. And Rudy Giuliani comes out and goes, no, he didn't. Yeah, they, he, he goes to the... Actual lawsuit, he, post, he, he yeah. cited it, and he goes, this is it. We never gave up on it. It's a straight-up lie. They just made it up. Yeah. Why, why are they allowed to get away with that? Yeah. I don't understand that. It's just, it's a flat-out lie. You know, and they can say that the example I heard uh, was, well, in the Covington case, they'll say, well, there's video of the kid standing there in the guy's face. Well, yeah, if you don't show the video leading up to it, where, you know, the the Nathan Phillips or whatever his name was goes uh, crosses that whole space to get in, uh, in the kid's face. Yeah. yeah, in the Covington kid's face. But this is different. This is saying something happened that didn't happen. Right. This is just flat out lying. And I don't know why they're allowed to get away with it. Yeah. Now, I mean, it just happened yesterday or today. So maybe you can say, well, we'll see if they get away with We're it. We're going to talk a little bit later about the context issue too, when it comes to these videos of Trump supporters getting beaten um, at the rallies and, you know, like Andy, no, will post to like a two minute clip showing them get, getting their ass handed doing. Then the Antifa types will come on and go, that's out of context. This guy was agitating. He was, he was, he was picking these fights and then they'll go, here's the, here's the, the context. And they'll show like a five minute clip of the guy, you know, tussling with the, with the assholes. And then if you go back and you look at, even bigger context, 10, 15 minutes, the guy was defending a family who was getting spit on and eggs thrown at, and they're just trying to get the hell out of there, and he's trying to make a path. Yeah. And that's the kind of bullshit they pull. <laughs> well. <laughs> that happened just uh, at uh, the Million MAGA March or whatever that happened in D.C. 
there was a guy that's exact that exact situation, a guy in a red jacket with white hair. Um, they showed him getting sucker punched from behind, um, face first into the pavement, and then some woman comes up and stomps on his head. Another one steals his cell phone, runs off laughing. You were gonna say it, weren't you? Yeah, and then uh, Crow used some unkind words when we were talking about this to describe that woman. Yeah. So I, I when I first watched these videos, uh, one after the other. This is why I wanted to do this. Epi- I was I was rage. I was yelling. My dogs were scared. They're like, oh, what would we do wrong? Aren't your dogs always scared? No, no. I love my dogs. My dogs love me. But uh, I had to go and give him some loving. I'm like, oh, daddy's not mad at you. No, no, no. No, you did not. My little baby girl. You know, you know why this is doubly funny coming from you. My uh, my dog is about three years old, and when we were getting him, we let the kids name him, and the kids named him after a cartoon character. But I said, we need to name him Nibbles. And we were playing, it was you and I and a couple of friends playing PlayStation at the time, and I was telling this story, and he said, we got to call him Nibbles so we can go, oh, Nibbles. <laughs> and you guys all pause and go, yeah, don't, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> the point was, I was trying to be annoying like that, and now here you are, just oh, daddy's not mad. <laughs> oh, Snoopy, welcome. Uh, I know how you how you love baby talk. So. God, I hate it. But that baby talk triggers me faster than just about anything. So back to me being enraged. Uh, so this guy, oh, you angry. <laughs> this guy got sucker punched, got stomped, uh, his phone stolen, and then the you know, the Antifa types or the the, the leftist apolog- apologists, they came out and said, no, that wasn't the full context. This guy was starting shit. And then they show a clip of the guy actually mixing it up. He actually wasn't being an asshole, though. He wasn't sucker punching people. These bitches were getting in his face and he was pushing them. He wasn't punching people. And next thing, and he's, you know, there's some salty language in there. Of course there is. And then next thing you know, every time he turns around, someone comes up and tries to sucker punch him. And finally someone got a good, it was actually a shitty sucker punch. It was just like a lucky hit. It was like a forearm to the side of that, actually. This, I don't know if this fist even connected this asshole. But turns out, finds out the guy that did the sucker punch, they caught him. He's a, um, a child sex offender. Just got out of prison. Had a gun on him, too. So he'll be going away for a while again, I guess. But. You know, because in D.C., nobody can have guns. There's no, there's, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe if you No, have, you can't. There might be law enforcement under, whatever. But there, you can't, as a citizen, you're not in D.C. carry a gun. And so this guy, yeah, he's a, a sex offender that just got released from prison, had a gun, and sucker punched a guy. And the, the thing is, they go, well, well, that's an oddity. It's like, no, this is the kind of people that you're, that, that are that are enticed to join that kind of group, that kind of well, what mob. is it with What is it with all the sex offenders at these things? Because in the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, aren't two of those people who yeah. got shot sex offenders? Yeah. I think the thing is these guys, like, feel emboldened to go out and, you know, get – because obviously they've got issues with uh, self, self-restraint self and aggression, right? So they go, oh, this is a perfect opportunity. It's faceless. I'm in a faceless crowd. I'm not going to get in trouble. I can go get my, uh, my uh, freak on. I guess. So. Well, here's all I have to say about the MAGA people who got beat up. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just have two questions. What were they wearing? And didn't they kind of ask for it? <laughs> I mean, if you're yeah. wearing a MAGA hat, aren't you just asking to get beat up? So since we're talking about it, let's get into this. No, but it, I'm seriously making a point here, yeah. though. You know, if they're saying, hey, you can't wear that thing out without expecting to get beat up. What are you saying to rape victims? Honestly, what are you saying? Yeah. You can't dress like that. You had it coming. You know? Yeah. It's ridiculous. So there is, um, so in D.C. that happened. The march had a shitload of people show up. Uh, it was, I mean, it had to be 100,000 or more. I mean, I saw an aerial, aerial shot at before noon. And it was like, it was, I mean, it's hard to kind of estimate, but it well, there had to be a shitload of people. The there. Trump campaign said that there was easily a million people there. The numbers I've heard are somewhere between a quarter to a half a million. Yeah, I mean, I, have I, no would, I wouldn't I have doubt no that. Idea. It was it looked it looked huge from what I saw. Um, well, our uh, our tech overlords will will tell us when they count up all the yeah. names. So there's a red state article by Nick Arama. Antifa goes wild in D.C. It wasn't just Antifa. It was like the Black Lives Matter types. It was it wasn't just their little little black blocks it was it was just 
idiots and assholes all around um, um, that tend to be, um, no, not tend, are basically all on the left. Um, attacking Trump supporters, even terrorizing children and the elderly. There's video after video after video of uh, families getting attacked. Um, there was a woman, a black woman, that was pushing a stroller, had two daughters with her, two you know young, like preteen daughters with her. And there was a group just harassing her, coming after her, like grabbing at her. And she was like freaked out. You could tell she was on the verge of like tears. And she was just trying to get away from them. And they just were relentless. And they ended up one guy with a flag that was with him. I don't know if he was related or if he was just part of the MAGA guy. Had a flag and he was trying to keep people at bay with like the stick. And uh, finally he got pushed over into one of the girls. You know, knocked her down. And it's like they don't they don't care. They're they're. They're attacking children now, too. Fam women with children. There was a whole, another family of um, just, you know, look like an older brother, a younger brother, and a, a sister and a father, whatever. Uh, the video I saw, the older brother had a look like he had a bloody nose, and the younger brother's like freaked out. And he's like, don't don't look at him. Don't pay attention. Let's just, you know, he's just trying to leave, not engaging. Um, and it's sickening to watch. And then come to find out this guy that was attacked, sucker punched by the sex vendor. Mm-hmm. The reason he got into that um, altercation in the first place was because him and the family that he was trying to help out there, and I don't know if he's related to that family or if it was just somebody he was walking with, they had tried to get to their hotel, and the police had set up a barricade of police bodies. It wasn't like a, a cement barricade. It was just police standing there. Wouldn't allow them to go through to get to their hotel. So they said, you have to go that way. So you look down the street. It's all Antifa. They're like, uh, our hotel's that way? through you guys you go, you're making us go through the crowd of antifa that way and they're like yeah that's what you're gonna have to do so what would what would you have done in that situation i'd have walked right through the police i said fucking arrest me then fuck you yeah it's better than getting your ass beat what are you gonna do i, I, mean, I just push my way through it's like fuck you i'm going that way that's my hotel get the fuck out of my way yeah you get busted for assault though yeah i know but that's what i would do i think i just i just stand there and say but then i can just wait here I guess that's another option. But and then also, though, but if you push your way through and then, you let's say, you're trying to escort, escort your family, then you left them alone. <laughs> I mean, there's all these considerations you have to think about yeah. at the moment. So, yeah, I could talk tough and say this. I mean, if I was alone, that's what I would do just to be, um, I don't know, self-righteous. But if, if I was trying to protect somebody at that point, you'd have to consider, well, if I get arrested I, and they're – if I try to pull them through, are they going to separate us and tell them to go back out and, and meet me around, go through the crowd and you can, you can come, you know, bail me out later. No, I wouldn't want that either. So I, I don't know. I think standing there might be the best option, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, I just it's, sit there and, I would sit it, there and say, it, you it's know what's fucking wrong. infuriating. And, uh, I, you know, I don't even want to watch these videos. This, there's a video of a guy, a kid. He doesn't, he looks like 20 or less, like maybe 18, 17 with his girlfriend and he's wearing like a red Trump sweater and she's wearing like a gray one and they're just trying to walk, get out of the situation um, and they're just getting attacked. She gets pulled away from him at one point and screams like she's terrified. They're throwing eggs at them, throwing water on them um, and it's it's just a lot. And, there's, and then all of a sudden you see there's police around. They're like walking towards police to get to the police and the, they're, not, they're not getting helped and these fuckers aren't getting aren't getting any consequences for this. And it's, I mean, I know there are arrests being made and there's, and there's stuff like that happening, but not nearly enough. I don't think at this point. Yeah. I, that's what disturbs me is the cops just standing down like that. Yeah. There's a know. video of this old guy, you know, like with a red scooter. Did you see that one? Mm -mm. It's an older guy and he's standing there by himself. He's got a red scooter with like a basket in the front and, um, they knock him off his scooter, steal all this shit. Um, and then uh, some bitches in the background going, where's your mask? Where's your mask? Mask shaming him as he's getting his ass beat. And here's what's going to happen. Somebody is going to show up for one of these things and say, look, I may get arrested for this. I may go to jail for this, but I'm not going to get my teeth knocked out and brained over this. And they'll bring a gun. Mm. Well, did you hear what uh, the latest on Kyle Rittenhouse? Uh, supposedly the guy who provided the gun to him just got charged with straw a straw, straw purchase, purchase that Kyle supposedly paid him to buy that gun and keep it at his house. I mean, if that's true, yeah, he shouldn't do that, but that shouldn't affect the the self-defense portion of it, but it will. I mean, I don't think it will affect Kyle. I think it will affect that guy. Yeah, I mean, no, it'll affect him, but it 
I don't, for one, how, why would you admit it? I mean, that's something hard to prove if, unless they have receipts, unless like Kyle gave him the exact amount of money and they've got receipts showing he gave him money for that rifle and this is what it costs and this is the amount the guy got. Well, but don't you think that's going to come out from Kyle's attorney? They're going to say, where'd you get the gun? Well, he bought it from his friend. And then they just check and see if he uh, bought it from an FLA. Well, what they initially said was that the friend just loaned him a gun, had a gun, loaned it to him. Right. Which is fine because he still illegally had the gun because he was too young in Wisconsin to have it. But it's just muddying the waters is what what, what it's doing. It's going to make it harder. And the court of public opinions, which, you know, the the jury, if they're not sequestered, they're going to hear this information. They're going to go, oh, you know, even though he, this kid, this 19-year-old that bought the gun for him has no criminal record. Kyle Rittenhouse has has a good record. I don't think Kyle Rittenhouse is going to jail. He he better not. I mean, he's in jail now, which sucks. It's right. a two million two million dollar million dollar bond. But I think he's going to be like, uh, what's the Covington kid's name? Oh, is it Nick something? Salmon. Yeah, I think he's going to walk out of this with well, a healthy check. I hope so. Check. He should. Because um, isn't it the same lawyer? Well, I don't know. I thought it was the same lawyer. Oh, I didn't even mention the the people eating at a restaurant in D.C. that. Uh, outdoor. Oh yeah, they of COVID. had commercial fireworks launched at. Yeah, them. I mean they were they were screeched at and shouted at, and then all of a sudden fireworks the kind you know like commercial style that. Yeah, the mortars. The ones that'll fuck you up if they go off near you, you know, mm-hmm. like blast your eardrums out or hurt your eyes or burn you. That's what that's what they were throwing at them. Well, but again, and you know, you and I were talking about this on Monday when you were yelling and screaming and scaring your dogs. Yeah. Um, when. Uh, you know, I, there is, there's some silver lining to all of this. And one of the things I said was right at the beginning, let's just, not not that it's a small thing, but let's take Trump off this ticket. Let's just forget that, let's assume for a second that this is a non-presidential election. Aside from the Trump issue, everything else, everything fell the Republicans' way. The Democrats were supposed to you know, have this blue wave and get a bunch of seats. Uh, they didn't. Not only that, they lost it. They have the smallest majority in the House since World War II. Um, every single Republican House seat that was incumbent was defended, and every seat they took from the Democrats was either a veteran, a minority, or a woman, or a combination of those. So this whole idea that, you know, whiteness is ruling the Republican Party is, is not true. We we picked up a governor, I think. Uh, we picked up a state legislature, which is important because we're in a redistricting year because of the census. I mean, if you take Trump out of the mix, and I'm not saying that's a small thing, and I'm not saying there wasn't fraud. I'm just – if you look at everything else but that loss, it was a huge win. And then there was a story in Portland about the city councilwoman uh, who called 911 on yeah. the Lyft driver or the Uber driver. Because, and this is the woman who came out and said there's too many people calling 911 for stuff they don't need to call them for. Yeah, that's why it's okay to defund the police because there's way too many calls that aren't right. necessary. Right, so I heard, the, I heard the audio of the 911 call, and the 911 dispatcher basically got after her, you know, and she says, yeah, I'm sitting here in this Uber, and the story was the Uber driver, Uber has restrictions right now that say if, if the – Temperature allows, and in Portland it was, the windows have to be down for COVID transmission or whatever. So this driver was saying, had to have my windows open. And she's like, I want the windows closed. And he goes, nope, sorry. And she goes, well, I want them. He's like, this isn't going to work. I'll drop you off at this gas station. You can call another Uber. They stop, and she goes, no, I'm not getting out of the car. And he goes, well, then I'm going to call the cops. She goes, fine, I'll call the cops. She calls them, and that's where the call picks up for the dispatcher and he says, 911, what's your emergency? She's like, I'm in this Uber. And the driver says he wants me out of the car. And he goes, well, he can. You know, it's private property. He's he's allowed to do that. I mean, this is Portland. I expected it would have been like, we'll send the police right away to, you know, beat the white off of this guy. Yeah. And uh, the cop I mean, does, was, is he Did he make you feel unsafe? Yeah. We'll, we'll arrest him. The cop, the, the, she says, well, he says he's going to call the police. And the guy goes... It's not a crime to call the police. She says, well, I'm calling them proactively. I want someone to do something about this. And the cop go, or the dispatcher goes, like, what? You know, it's a private, it's his car. He can tell you to get out of it. And she says, well, I want him to call me another Uber. And the guy's in the background going, 
I can't call you. You have to call one. And the dispatcher goes, he can't do that. You know how this works, right? Yeah. So. Well, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier. My point is I think cops are starting to get fed up. Yeah. And I think we need some of that. A little bit earlier about the odds of Trump or, you know, getting or or Biden becoming the president and all that. And I I want to, you know, um, I want to say I I don't believe that this is there, there's no way at this point they can prove to me that this is a legitimate election. There's nothing that can be said or done at this point. There's enough evidence to show to, to me at this point that even if they don't have the, the legal proof, there, there's enough proof there to go. This, this whole thing is, is rigged. And there's even, even there was these 20 bellwether counties. You heard about this? 17. Okay. I've heard 20. Bell, bellwether counties that like in the past 40 years have just predicted you know yeah. they're the if whatever they vote that ends up being the the result the uh, presidential result all 20 of them predicted trump or came up trump this year to 2020 except one so it was the article i said saw was 17 of them and this year only one of them went biden yeah well i heard 20 and i heard all of them yeah <laughs> so but I mean, that's, yeah, we'll say, well, it's, you know, it's statistically um, anomalous, but it's not impossible. Well, yeah, but the, all the statistical anomalies are, are the, the odds of them are so slim as to be almost um, impossible, even though not technically impossible. So fuck off. I'm, I'm done playing these little fucking semantic games now. It's like if, if the, the integrity of the election is that bad, that far off, then um, you're not going to convince me anymore. I I agree. And I think, uh, you know, if Democrats say there's something wrong with that, and a lot of them are, it's because they're flat-out hypocrites. I mean, Amy Klobuchar, four years ago, and Elizabeth Warren were complaining about Dominion, saying, you know, we don't trust it. It can fix elections. And now they're fine with it. They're okay with it because they like the result. Adam Schiff was actually on TV the other day saying, all Trump's going to do and all the Republicans are going to do is try and uh, make Joe Biden illegitimate and obfuscate and not try and get anything done. I mean, basically everything Adam Schiff did yeah. the entire time. Well, and then they're going to use that shit on us. Say, well, you guys were making fun of the left for not accepting the election and now you're around doing the same fucking thing. You're hypocrites. Which is exactly what they are. Yeah, it's it's uh, no. Look at your fucking self. Don't, don't try to yeah. shift this to me. Exactly. I've no. got a, the the Russia Ru, the Russia collusion shit was bullshit. Everybody knows it. Well, but here's the difference: that was proven to be bullshit. Yes. Okay. If you prove to me that there was no fraud here, if if they can't find anything, cool. Then I'll say, well, I guess it looked. Are, are you saying if they if legally they say like legally there's nothing we can do, but everybody knows at this point that you know it's technicalities at this point. Yes, they did commit massive fraud, and it did sway the election. You just I just can't in a court of law prove it. No, I think I think they're either going to find it or they're not. They're going to dig into this stuff and find it. Yeah, they're, I'm not going to be convinced by that. Well, these the two. Um, it's God. Who are the two uh, lawyers that Trump has now? Lynn Wood. That was the Covington. Well, now he's got Giuliani in the lead, and I just wish. No, the other gal. Um, God, I can't remember her name. So the point uh, the point that was being made was this is all sort of last minute. The, the case they're pursuing now about the Dominion stuff yeah. and the voting and all that, you know, this isn't like the, the left is suggesting that they had this in place and they were going to do it from the beginning. They brought in new attorneys for this, and the attorneys they have, one of them was the one who was defending Flynn uh, recently, that woman. I can't remember her name. And they're saying these two have a great track record. They are not considered to be, you know— wackos and nut jobs and if they're saying this stuff is coming in so fast it's like coming through a fire hose that there's there is actually some fire here what i think is going to happen is biden's going to be put in place and i think a couple years into this we're going to find the fraud you know so good luck at that point having anybody have consequences of it though right but to my point with the democrats they can't say hypocrisy because they couldn't prove what they said we can prove what we well, said but also it's not it's like that article I, I brought up it's not just the after the fact fraud it's the processes they set up beforehand that 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 basically is fraudulent it, right. none of it should have been allowed in the first place which means it's fraudulent right so there's that too and they're well that's just sour grapes 
But don't you think now they're going to be way more? I mean, like you and I talked about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna volunteer to be a poll worker next time. Yeah. They always say they don't have enough Republicans doing it. Fine, right. I'll do it. I mean, yeah. I will go do. I'll spend all day there if I have to. Yeah. Don't you think there are going to be a lot more people like that stepping up? Yeah, I think the 71 million people that voted Trump are going to. Don't you think this is going to get harder and harder to do now that everybody believes they cheated? I hope so. But I also think the left and the Democrats are very good at installing their people in in the areas where they need them installed. And the right is never going to be that good at it. Okay. Well, let me just take this to its, uh, I don't want to say logical conclusion. Let's take this to sort of the worst example possible. Between the left and the right, if they really get riled up, who do you, and to the point where they're ready to fight, who would you be more afraid of? This sort of rabble on the left or the people on the right who finally go, all right, I've had enough? I don't know, because I think nowadays, seeing the kind of unhinged insanity that they can work up on the left, I think the fact that the left doesn't even have any concept of, of, of consequences anymore makes them really dangerous yeah but okay i guess i keep trying to allude to this i'm just going to flat out ask it so who do you think on the right shows up if they if they've had enough versus who on the left shows up when they've had enough when they're pissed at donald trump it's a bunch of uh 22 for the most part and the arrest record show this 22 to 30 year old soft soft whites mostly women um the moldy locks types often from very well-to-do or upper-class white families, liberal families. Um, And when you have this stuff on the right, it's a lot of people who know how to handle themselves. I mean, a lot of them are former military or they were cops. Um, People who know what they're doing. And if those people get fired up, it's just not going to take that many of them. Yeah, I think, but to get to that point where those people get legitimately involved, like in an organizational way, I think there's going to be in between, there's going to be a lot of danger coming from the left where they're going to mob up and they don't have consequences and they're going to, they're going to hurt people and the right's not going to be prepared for it. And that's the problem I'm having. Like I listened to Glenn Beck after the DC um, Trump rally where the stragglers that didn't get to their hotels or, or their late got attacked. Um, and he was saying, what you have to do is you just have to take it. And, he goes, you got to be like Martin Luther King during their marches. He wouldn't allow people in his marches that, that defended themselves, that fought back or defended themselves. He, uh, Gandhi w- didn't defend themselves. And even Glenn Beck's staff, the people with him, were like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You, you, you're not saying they can't defend themselves. He says, absolutely, because they're going to twist it. The people in power in the media are going to twist it and make it look like you're aggressors and, you know, out of context and all that. And the only way to win this is like Martin Luther King is like total nonviolence. And I'm like, fuck you, okay. Beck. Well, Fuck you. Let me let me be more specific. Do you remember the the video from the Chicago uh, the Chicago police defending that st- excuse me defending that statue about three months ago where they were sort of encircled by the, yeah and they had people throwing frozen water bottles at yeah, them shining I mean, green lasers in their eyes yeah I mean it was sort of harrowing there was yeah. nowhere for them to hide and right. it was probably fifty cops surrounding that statue with five six hundred people around them yep. I mean you couldn't. They were throwing rocks in and all that stuff. Cops are getting hit in the head with this stuff. So let me just let's take a uh, a situation like the um, like the MAGA march again. And um, having been everyone being aware of what happened before, a group like the Three Percenters, the Oath Keepers, shows up and says, "We're going to make sure these people can get to their hotel." Yeah, that'd be great. That's what we okay, need. Let's say that happens. Put those people, put 50 of those people in a situation like those cops were in, where that stuff's coming in and everything. Those cops aren't going to shoot into that crowd. There were a couple of cops that tried grabbing people's umbrellas and shoving them back from the gates and everything. What do you think is going to happen when two or three of those guys, in the example I'm giving, get hit in the head with rocks and go down? Somebody's going to start shooting. As well they should at this point. But that's my point. I just don't think it takes many people on the right. But I think the conserv- yeah, the conservatives and the right need to kind of man up at this on these situations. And they've we've seen enough of this to know that first of all, if you're going to have, I know this was this was kind of this was a legitimately grass grassroots effort. I think to get people out there, it was just like a, a swell of people that just said we need to do this, and like you know, word got out. 
Um, so there wasn't like wasn't real coordination from the top on this, obviously. But people need to understand now that if you're going to go, I mean, when it was a big crowd and it was during the day, these Antifa types, these BLM types, they weren't going to fuck with people head on like that with that many people against right. them. They waited until it dispersed. And then the stragglers that didn't really understand how dangerous it was, right? they went after them and sucker punched them and surrounded them and all that. But the right needs to understand that's going to happen. You can't avoid people being stragglers or, you know, it's just situations rise. And you have to have a group, a crew of people at this point. That, and I know the Proud Boys are, are one of those people that say, yeah, we're, we're those people. And to an extent, they are. And they have been. But they've been, they're, they're getting vilified. They're getting ostracized and targeted even by people on the, on the conservative side that are afraid of being associated with them. Because two of them that were defending themselves against Antifa got sent to prison for five fucking years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the, there was no, there was no um, witness or there was witness, there was video um, of the, of them getting harassed and attacked and them fighting back. And then when the police went to take statements, the Antifa took off. There was no victim. Yeah. But they got prosecuted and they got sentenced. Right. That's bullshit. And that's the kind of shit though. If there's enough of us you, you, and you can't not, you can't, disassociate with people like the prop boys i know the name's silly but uh you, you gotta get more. i think i think you you called it worse than silly didn't you did i <laughs> no i don't recall but they i mean even they'll admit that i'm sure that it's a, a silly name i mean gavin mcginnis came up with it and he said it he that it was it was from a from a play he saw where some guy said look at me mom a proud boy that kind of thing so it's like yeah he did it because it was silly um and non-threatening, I think, is one of the reasons he, he did. Yeah. Um, but we need more of that. And and Glenn Beck really pissed me off doing that, saying that. Because it he, and what he, he, he gave a dumb point. He goes, uh, one of his staff, actually, they were incredulous, kind of. They are like, really? I don't know if that's a good idea. And he goes, well, what if a guy wearing a MAGA hat gets attacked? Can he defend himself? And, and Glenn Beck's like, well, yeah, of course. He's, he's wearing a MAGA hat. He can defend himself. And I'm like, well, what the fuck difference is it if you got one guy showing support for Trump with a MAGA hat, getting attacked by assholes and defending himself, or you got a family of MAGA supporters, or you got a group of friends that are MAGA supporters, or you got a whole rally of people that are MAGA supporters. What's the difference between one person defending themselves and a group of a thousand people that are not out doing anything illegal or being aggressive? They're just supporting a candidate or supporting an idea. How is that any fucking different, defending yourself in that situation? Well, it's not. I... I think I understand the point Beck's getting to, but he's wrong. He's talking about optics. Yeah. And he, fuck you with your optics. But he's wrong. And, and the reason he's wrong is because uh, in the Gandhi example, there was no media involved. Yeah. Gandhi's point was the people we're doing this against deep down are moral people. Yeah, moral society. Who can only hit you so long before they go, I can't just keep hitting these people. Right. Um, in the Martin Luther King example – you had a media that, though not Republican, was far more split than they are now. Who and you had a bad guy there in these, you know, Southern Democrats, by the way, mm-hmm. sheriffs and things like that, governors in many cases, yeah, school the, boards, <laughs> school boards who were who were obvious villains and a country in general that was ready to move on, despite what the Jesse Jacksons of the world want you to think. They were ready to move on from segregation. Um, the difference here is you have a media that's complicit and a side you're fighting against that has no morals. Yeah. They really don't. Literally godless. And I'm not saying that all Democrats are that way. I'm saying that the ones that are out there throwing bricks at people are. But the leftists are. I mean, basically, their god is government. Yeah. And that's that's a, a recipe for immorality at that point. But again, what the uh, what the left is not understanding here is that you have an element in here. Uh, I mean, the left is having their own civil war at this point. Ocasio Cortez and the squad are talking about trying to get rid of Nancy Pelosi because they think they lost this election because she didn't go far enough to the left. Yeah. And you have your sort of more moderates on the left going, uh, "That's not the case," and you need to shut up because you're going to cost us more elections, which I believe is true, and I believe this election bore it out. But you also have people on the extremes, you know, these anarchist, Marxist, sort of Antifa types who don't care who's in power, and the left is sort of embrace them and not denounce them. Because it's good for them to do this. And they don't realize 
they're going to turn on them first. And we've talked about this. When these people go apeshit, who are they attacking? They're not doing it in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They're doing it in all these Democrat strongholds. The cities that burn are cities like Detroit and Baltimore and Cleveland. And the white left elitists have never cared about that because those are predominantly black cities. But what's going to happen now? It's going to be Minneapolis and Seattle and Portland and places like that. And then they're going to San Francisco. San Francisco. Then they're going to start caring because guess what? That came right to their front white doorsteps. <laughs> you know? And the whole time they will be saying, just like those guys in that apartment building who got the black kids throwing rocks through their windows, they were yelling to them, We're on your side. They don't care. Yeah. Because they don't have a side. You know? And so you can't you can't embrace these people. They have to be rooted out. And again, that's something the right does right now that the left doesn't do. The right takes people who step sort of out of line and go, that ain't us. Yeah. And you don't have to look any farther than, I think it's King. I can't remember his last name or first name. I think it was John, uh, but King's his last name. The, um, the representative from the Sioux City area. He started talking some white nationalist stuff. You know, sort of what's wrong with being a white nationalist? And the Republican Party went, okay, whoa, you go sit over there. They took him off his committees. They primaried him and everything. You see people on the left say way worse, and the left refuses to denounce them. Yeah, from what I recall, if I go back and look at that, it was out of context, too. He wasn't uh, even supporting white nationalism per se. He's... In in the right's defense, he has a history of saying really dumb shit. Okay. Well, that one, in, in context, when I went into that and go, what did he say? And I listened to it, I go, that's not bad. Well, that's so. because you're a racist white nationalist. <laughs> oh, white supremacist. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, we don't have a whole lot of time, and I got a lot of stuff, so we're going to have to go to the next one or right, put in the next one. But um, Michelle Malkin wrote an article that was pretty good. It's uh, no time for phony healing because now all now that the Dems think that they've won this, mm-hmm. now they're coming out and saying, you know, uh, we need to put aside our differences and we need to, you know, and we need to come together and all that kind of stuff. Same, and then you know, Whoopi Goldberg, mm-hmm. you know, her her bullshit. Oh, yeah. I just want to fucking slap that bitch. Anyways, uh, the sub subheading right? subheading of this was uh, no comment. <laughs> same old fake reproachment, same old bogus reconciliation. I'll repeat my words from a decade ago. You can take your full olive branch and shove it. She's right. Don't don't sit there and, and fall for this bullshit. Well, this is more of Michelle Malkin's uh, white nationalist stuff. Yeah. <laughs> is she Cambodian? I think so. Something yeah. like that. Uh, pretty good looking, actually. Uh, she goes, we, the 71 million Americans who voted to reelect Donald J. Trump, do not forgive do not forget, do not surrender, resoundingly reject the phony olive branches of former Vice President Joe Biden. And she goes on and on. And she's right. Enough. By the way, the 71 million, do you, do you hear what the new story is on that? There was voter fraud. And it's that 71 million people voted for Trump. There's fake votes for Trump in there. Okay. Bullshit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. We, we actually thought that we had enough to, to circumvent fraud. I mean, the ones that were like hopeful. I mean, I was on the edge. Like sometimes I was hopeful, sometimes I wasn't. But I thought maybe we just had enough people to to get past. But that's what happened last time. They weren't expecting that kind of a turnout for Trump in 16. And the fraud wasn't enough to overcome that. And they made sure they could get not only fraud, but the the clampdowns of, uh, you know, the messaging on the right before that, too, on social media, too. Well, I know I'm all about silver lining state because I'm just trying to make you feel good, and I'm trying to keep your dogs safe. You know, I don't want them scared. <laughs> but, you know, one of the other silver linings in this is if there's really that many fake votes for Biden in there, there's not as many people on the left as we thought. Yeah. Yep. Uh, did you see uh, the Target store that was gutted in Minneapolis here by BLM? You know what they're doing now? What? Uh, they're reopening, and they've got a new woke design to make, quote, black guests feel over, overtly welcome. Are they just going to, like, put all the valuable stuff right out in front of the store so they can just make Pretty much. It, I mean, that was actually friendly. It's actually kind of one of the things they're doing <laughs> is putting things that you just put in the back up front. You know, yeah, it's looter friendly. I don't know if that's the reason, but, I mean, that is funny. Yeah, make uh, make all the stuff that makes it really easy a while out. 
just put uh, you know put the TVs in boxes with handles. So this is from Red State. It's uh, a mini- every, every TV comes with a free dolly. Yeah, yeah, they're already no pre-stacked on dollies. Yeah, you just yeah, you got about ten at a time on a, on a dolly. Yeah. You know they won't harass you or, or bother you if you if you only take the one dolly full of ten. Right. Right. Uh, Minneapolis Target store that was infamously gutted by Black Lives Matter rioters in the aftermath of George Floyd's death reopened this week with a new design. Make that a new woke design. It was reported by our uh, Star Tribune newspaper. In a post on Target's corporate website, the retailer's REACH Committee, Racial Equity Action and Change, is what that stands for, REACH. Isn't uh, that REACH? Where's the H? Does you need an H on there? Uh, C-H. Change. Oh, I see. Said the goal of the redesign is to maybe, make maybe it's homey. Black guests feel overtly welcome. So, uh, it is it is is this the time to point out that the last black guests to visit the Lake Street Target store in Minneapolis overtly welcomed themselves to the store <laughs> into the store? <laughs> That's well, funny. What's funny is if I you, didn't say that. that was the article. If you talk to a lot of black people, they say one of the things they hate the most is white liberals who go out of their way to tell them what allies they are. Yeah, or pandering. Yeah, who just come up to them and they want to, you know, I really support Black Lives Matter. And some of these people go, well, well, I don't, you know. So here's a, a, a reach pledge. Inclusivity is a core value at Target, and we're proud of our work to be an open and welcoming company. After the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, and many more, we're reminded that we need to continue to work urgently every day to build an inclusive environment for all. And the article continues, just one problem. Check out Target's idea of an inclusive environment uh, for all. Uh, maybe I missed the part that inclusivity includes Hispanics, Asians, Jews, Muslims, or anything other than black people. This is not to suggest that Target excludes the aforementioned groups in its inclusive commitment, but it sure did specifically target one group only and it's everyone deserves to feel like they belong update yeah they have an update saying everyone deserves to feel like they belong an update from target um, but they did put a little rainbow on their top half for their targets a signal sign so that was virtue signaling for the lgbtqia wtf bbq crowd why don't they just why don't companies just stay away from this stuff yeah i mean you, you would think target learned their lesson after the bathroom thing there's a person on Twitter called 10 ACAB, okay. which means they hate cops. They're, All they're, cops are bad. Yeah. Um, I think the trans community deserves a response from Ask Target as to why they are selling this book about transgender epidemics sweeping the country. Oh, yeah. So there's a book about um, the irreversible damage being done to children, and these trans people are going after Target for selling the book online. And Target pr- took it down. But they put it back. They put it back because somebody came up, came back, and and kind of shamed them into putting it back up, which is actually pretty funny. Just the the shaming, 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 left and right. It's like it's like never ending. It's like I guess I you, you play by their rules, you know, to get what you want. And it's the squeaky wheel thing. It's like how long do you watch the squeaky wheel get the grease before you go, well, you know, I'm going to be a squeaky wheel, I guess. Well, I wish more people, you know, it's, talking about this, uh, you know, Minnesota's looking at maybe going into a lockdown again here soon. Um, and they're talking about the Thanksgiving stuff and everything, about how you can't have more than 10 people and they can't be for more than two households at your Thanksgiving par- – or no, I was going to say parade – at your Thanksgiving get-together. And they said because people uh, – especially if they're people of high risk because it's just too dangerous. And my response to that was, okay. That's the, – the point of this country is if you want to assume risk like that, you can. Yeah, reward for risk. If you're 86 years old and you don't know how many Thanksgivings you have left and you're thinking, yeah, I'm not going to stay home for this one. I know I could get COVID. I know if I get COVID, I could die. But I'm going to go to this uh, family get-together of 40 people from eight different households. And so what? That's the risk they are assuming. And when people go, well, you know, if you, you get these healthcare workers that go, fine, you put yourself in jeopardy like that, maybe I won't intubate you. Well, first of all, that's a crime. Second of all, are we just talking about how we're not going to do our jobs for people who don't agree with us? So if you go to a hotel or a grocery store or a bar and they don't like your politics, they're just not going to serve you? Well, then the police that shoot perpetrators shouldn't try to resuscitate them. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I was trying to find this, and I finally found it the, in Kay. this article, what they're actually doing. Okay, what are they doing? So 
for the team. It says, we'll start with our team. Why do I think I'm going to find this funny? Where we'll focus on creating a workspace where black team members can build meaningful careers and have success at every level. In addition to prioritizing the advancement of black talent, we'll look to recruit best-in-class black talent to target and move with even more urgency to ensure that we have black leaders at every level in the organization. We know that hiring and advancing talent is not enough. So we'll all also focus on engaging black team members more meaningfully, including more development and training programs. So they choose to stay a target. So, and I emphasize black because they didn't, they didn't like put it in bold, but that's, but that's what they basically, uh, can you imagine any other put, put white in place of black there? It's ridiculous what well, they're doing. You know, what's funny. Um, I was, and I mentioned this to you before, I, I saw interviews with the uh, admiral who's in charge of the COVID response for the Trump team and Biden's new guy they picked coming in, mm-hmm. who happens to be, I think, Indian. Yeah. Um, very well-spoken, very smart guy. I have no reason to believe that he's not an incredibly intelligent guy. He might be the smartest person and the best one for that job, but I can't given all of the stuff that they've crammed down our throats about diversity or anything immediately. And it's not his fault. And by the way, it's not my fault nope. either. Question, I know where you're going here. <laughs> question, is he the most qualified person for this job? Is he a diversity hire? Or is he yeah. hired based on, because they made his skin color an issue. You know, they've said all along their first, I mean, he said it with Biden said it with his vice president. He was going to get a woman of color. So there were two requirements there before anything else. wasn't most qualified. It was the most qualified woman of color. And Thomas Sowell, who happens to be black, writes about this all the time with colleges. Colleges change their requirements to let more minorities in. He said it especially hurts black students. Because they aren't prepared. Because they are elevated in some cases. And again, the important part is he's not making a case that black people aren't as smart. Right. He's going, when you make it easier for them to get into harder schools, you've put them in a pool they can't swim in. And so you get so many of these black students who are incredibly smart, but got into that school based mostly on the color of their skin, not because they weren't smart. They weren't smart enough for that school Yeah. that most of them begin to fail. And he goes, so here you have people who would have been on a on the Dean's list at a non Ivy league school because they're super smart. And again, it's not because they're black. It's because they were allowed to pass a certain academic level. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a pool you're coming, you're getting your, your students from the pool is a much smaller in the black community. There's 13% of the population. Right. So you're going to get, obviously it's, and and they're saying, well, then why is there not 13% of, of black students getting in these colleges? Well, there's all kinds of reasons for that that don't have to do with the color of their skin, have to do with uh, the communities or with Democrats fucking with their schooling to begin with. <laughs> but the, so. the proof is, statistically, it's inescapable. The proof is there that they are harmed by those programs more than they're helped. Yeah. The ones who make it into those schools struggle more than the other students. And you can't say it's, well, because of the whiteness of the school or anything like that. No. You made the bar lower for them to get into when you shouldn't have made the bar lower. It was like what they had for the longest time in the uh, in the military for uh, pilots. They would let women in as pilots, and the women they were letting in could fly the planes and do all the stuff, but they were having trouble, for whatever reason, landing on the aircraft carriers. But they said, hey, it's so important that we have these female pilots. We're going to get past that issue. They're just not going to have to land on the aircraft carrier. Okay. And that's not to say the women couldn't do it. The women they had couldn't do it, Yeah, you know, but that wasn't a big deal. Any other guy would have washed out because that they'd have been like, well, you got to be able to land on the, you got to put the plane on the boat, you know? Yeah. So there you go. And so in what that did was it took away from other women who are capable of doing that because now they had their diversity hires. They'd met their quota, you yeah. know? And and they could say, well, look at the ones we had. They couldn't even do the thing we told them they had to do. So, well, just... and then there's also the the issue of Asians um, not getting into these schools or not getting being passed up because they're, you know, they end up, you know, testing better and and, and performing they're, better. They're like 
eight percent of the population and fifteen right. or twenty but the, percent of the but, people. But at they're school. not. They're they're getting they're getting the the shaft in this situation. Right. And they, there's a lot of them that are speaking up now going, yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> and there's a lot of them are going, yeah, that's fair. That's the part that drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah. Oh, well. So I, I think I told you this. I had a friend who uh, said there was this kid who was in their daughter's class, a girl. Um, and they said she applied to – it was an Ivy League school. Or it might have even been MIT. She was valedictorian of the, their class. She was in all these things. She was one of the best, like, uh, uh, girls on one of the teams – uh, she's like captain of the basketball team or whatever. And they're like, yeah, she applied to MIT or whatever and didn't get in. And I said, is she Asian? They said, how'd you know? Like, Because <laughs> that's how it's done. Because that's how it's done. Yeah. All right. If you want to get in contact with us, uh, email it's rooster at com or crow at com. And keep checking out and commenting on Facebook. Really appreciate it. And uh, the interaction there is great. See you. Bye.